Faithful Trinity Disclaimer The opinions, views and beliefs expressed are those of our guest speakers and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Mindful Trinity or the policies of the company thereof. The content of the show does not constitute any legal or medical advice and is provided for the general insight and guidance. If you require specific legal, medical or any professional advice, you should contact a specialist or a qualified practitioner. Please note, Mindful Trinity is a non-religious, non-sectarian organization and we are not affiliated to any religious organization. Good day and welcome to Mindful Trinity. I am your host, Vaishnavi Charan. Our special guest for today is a licensed attorney in, private practice, in a private practice specializing in family and labor law. He believes life is about giving, hence he is actually on our podcast today, hoping to help all of you and to ultimately give you hope. So good day and welcome to Aslam Mullah from Legal Leaders in Durban, South Africa. Hello, hello, Vaishnavi. Thank you for having me and uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here today. Yeah, like I always tell my, my guests, I am very grateful that you actually, uh, well, you actually accepted my invite and you're here to enlighten us and give us your wisdom and your knowledge about law. It's something that we don't take very seriously uh, because we think that we actually need to go to university to study it. But when we're going through yeah. challenges in the workplace, we need that that guidance and that advice. Um, but some of us are actually quite uh, shy and also scared. Fear comes in into the in in the way, and um, that's how we're actually in a blockage and we don't know how to get out of it. But thank you so much for doing no. this. No, no worries, Vaishnavi, and I agree with you that uh, unfortunately in South Africa there is an ordinary person. To take on a legal matter is quite challenging because there are so many intricacies when it comes to the law. So many procedures that need to be followed, different aspects of the law, case law, statutes, documents that need to be filed. And if you don't follow the right procedures, then you can have a technical point taken against you. So I fully agree with you that in South Africa, the challenge is people have legal problems, but solving the legal problems on your own is a difficult part, and there is a need for a lawyer. But I found that the access to legal services can be quite challenging for, for some South Africans. Yeah. So hence, I have developed uh, my YouTube channel, as you've seen, and mm. my various social media where I provide guidance to people as best as I can on their particular situation. And in today's video, what we're especially talking about is the topic of disciplinary hearings. Yes. And at some point, it does happen to people where you're at work and all of a sudden, you get a notice to attend a disciplinary hearing. Mm. The worst thoughts are going through your mind. You're yeah. thinking, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? How am I going to pay my bills? Mm. What are my colleagues thinking about me? I've sure. given all these years of service to the company and now they want to dismiss me. Have they investigated this properly? 
And these are the kind of issues that I see in, in practice. Yeah. So that is a scenario that does happen quite often. And that's why we bring this, uh, yeah. this podcast today to look at what people can practically do to help themselves in this yeah. situation. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for that. But before we actually start with the, with me actually asking you certain things and advice and all of that, I know it's your birthday today as well. So happy birthday. And I'm oh, sure yeah. our, our viewers will also would like to wish you once the podcast is released. So yeah, all the best. And I hope, thank you. yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be enlightening more and more people because education is key. And by educating them, it'll be, it'll be much more easier when they stuck in that rut for them to come out of it with your help, of course. Correct, correct. And obviously, not just with my help, there's plenty of attorneys out there that mm-hmm. can provide services. And now uh, yes. the internet is available. And also, uh, at the very least, if people are stuck, they can approach the local parks, they can approach the local system and go to the front desk and say, I don't know what's happening. What do I need to do? There's legal aid offices. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let a situation fester. Don't think you don't have rights. Don't think that there's nothing you can do. There's always something you can do yeah. and take some action. But we're going to get into all the two secrets just now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like um, for our audience as well, we're going to be discussing how to prepare for a disciplinary uh, disciplinary hearing, which is um, quite, quite essential because all of us have faced um, this scenario at some time in our career. And, uh, yeah. So, Aslam, could you tell us more about your organization, Legal Leaders, and what led you to become an, an attorney specializing in spe- specifically family and labor law? Sure. Uh, Vaishnavi, actually, before our podcast, I would actually done a post on Facebook, I think five minutes before we started, mm-hmm. where I uh, was telling people that I'm quite fortunate to do what it is that I do and I say that in the most humblest way possible because I really love what I do and I I wouldn't do anything else in the world. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by that? I actually love going and representing people and I can't explain to you but it's something that just calls me to do what I do. Mm -hmm. It's something inside of me that makes me come alive. That time when when it's my turn to speak and everyone in the courtroom is looking at me and the judge and you can hear a pretty drop silence. That is what I love. That's what I, that's what I, that kind of pressure moment mm-hmm. is actually what I like. To do. And I can't be anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't want to be a doctor. I hate being, uh, treating sores and wounds and things like that. For yeah. the life of me, I don't think I can ever do that. But mm-hmm. Give me a, a case to work on and help me to to speak on behalf of somebody. That makes me come alive. Yeah. And for different people, it's different things. I mean, if you look at a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo or Virat Kohli, mm-hmm. these are the superstars of their fields. Yes. That pressure moment, you need to find something. When the pressure is on, you want to go forward, not go away. Yeah. So I had a client recently where she said uh, she cannot do any kind of public speaking. Mm. She will give money away mm. if she has to instead of doing public speaking. So she shouldn't necessarily be a lawyer. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. Whatever the point is, go ahead and do more of that. You know, be... Go towards that. Don't run away from that if that is what is calling you. So 
In terms of um, what what helped me to start this organization is I'm practicing law now close to nine years. I've got my master's in law as well. And I, I love what I do. I, I've got a, an organization based in Durban. And that's essentially we help people in three areas of law. Labor law, family law, and commercial law. What do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Labor law, we talk about CSMA hearings, disciplinary hearings, labor court matters. We've also uh, access to children, maintenance, things like that, and commercial litigation is helping businesses. So essentially, to answer your question, I love what I do. I wouldn't do anything else in the world. It calls me what I do. And uh, I started this organization to genuinely help people too, and individuals and businesses, and to, to give information to people so that they are empowered to help themselves. Yes, that's that actually, um, whilst we were actually talking, it basically told me that you found your calling. And it's very rare because not many people are fortunate enough to find their calling. And in Sanskrit, there's a word for this. It's called varna. Varna means um, living your purpose. Whether you get uh, the support from people or not, you're still going to go ahead and do what you do because you love it. You've got a passion for it and it's your purpose. So, yeah, you are doing that. Correct. And it's something that that you mentioned, a very important point. You got to do something even if you don't get support from other people. And that's essentially the job of a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opponent doesn't agree with you. The judge might not agree with you at the beginning of the case. Mm-hmm. You're going to quit you have to go ahead because you believe in the case. Yes, of course. So what you're saying is the core element of being a lawyer that there's somebody opposite you who is 180 degrees to what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And then there's the judge you have to convince about your views. And he might have a different view or she might have a different view. So sure. having that idea to go ahead and pursue the matter, even when the world is against you, that's the core. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is a disciplinary hearing, and what really happens at this hearing? A disciplinary hearing is a good question, Vaishnavi. Uh, a disciplinary hearing is essentially where an employee is accused of a misconduct mm-hmm. at work, so they've done something wrong, or they're accused of being of doing something wrong. For example, uh, not showing up to work on time or not complying with company policy. It can be inf- infinite number, absenteeism, dishonesty. Okay. Uh, so the company, in terms of South African law, mm-hmm. labor law in particular, a company must have a disciplinary hearing before dismissing somebody from a spot. Oh. You can't just fire someone. Okay. It's a mandatory requirement. Anytime somebody does something wrong in any workplace, doesn't matter whether you work in a fancy corporate office mm-hmm. or you're working in a factory or a farm, mm-hmm. the law requires before a person is dismissed for misconduct, they must have a hearing. So that is a discipline hearing. Okay. <laughs> so for viewers that actually have no idea um, of what happens at a hearing, how many stages are in a disciplinary hearing or, or a procedure prior to uh, going for the disciplinary hearing? Are there any sort of stages that people have to follow or the law follows? Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. There are uh, a few stages that are important, but the law also tries to make it as simple as possible for businesses to follow. Mm-hmm. So the essence of a disciplinary hearing, think about it like a meeting. It's a structured meeting. Somebody speaks, somebody listens. Somebody speaks, somebody listens. So, for example, at a disciplinary hearing, the first person to speak will be the company. So the company will have a representative. There'll be three parties present. Let me start off there. There'll be a chairperson, which is a judge. There'll be the company representative and the employee or the employee representative if it is allowed in company policy. So there's three people there. Both people talk to the chairperson. Mm-hmm. Now, who starts is the company. The company, in terms of the law, has to prove their case. It's not for the employee to prove his innocence. His innocence. It's for the company to prove his case. So, in essence, what will happen is the company will start with an opening statement. Then the employee will reply with an opening statement. Before that, the, com- uh, the chairperson will ask, are you guilty, not guilty? Most employees plead not guilty because they're innocent of the charges. Then company does opening statement. Employee does the opening statement. Company leads their evidence. Then the employer will do, employee will lead their evidence and then it's closing statement. It's a very simple process. The whole gist of it is both parties must have a fair opportunity to speak and interrogate the evidence. Now, you might be thinking, this is so formalistic and it's so out of this world. Mm -hmm. But I see clients on a daily basis that sit in this office chair and they are crying because they're being dismissed from work. This, these are real issues that people don't talk about. Yes. And they're embarrassed to say they've got fired. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to go and tell their family members, colleagues. I had a guy who didn't tell his wife for two months. He used to pretend going to work because he just didn't know what to tell his wife. Yeah, yeah. So these are things that you might think, hey, that's some stuff you about some legal textbook stuff, but mm-hmm. people need to know that. They need to yes. know what they what the procedure is, and mm-hmm. that's essentially the procedure. Okay, so how should one prepare for a disciplinary hearing? Oh, that's a good question, and it is a bit of a tricky question because okay. it involves each person can only prepare to their capacity. Okay, but actually, what do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. I mean that. You can't expect a 60-year-old person to go and collate emails and documents if they're not tech-savvy. But here are some basic principles. The basic principles. The first thing you need to do is write down, take on a piece of paper, an A4 piece of paper, and make two columns. On the left-hand side, you either write guilty or not guilty. On the right-hand side, you list all the charges against you. So, whatever the charges are, so let me start off. Before you have the hearing, the company will give you a notice to attend the hearing. Mm-hmm. That must be done at least two days before the hearing, 48 hours. That's what the law says, minimum. You know, 
You must have time to prepare. You take that chart sheet and you look at it and you say, am I guilty or not guilty? And if you're guilty and you know you're guilty, then you go and admit your guilt. Okay. If you're not guilty, you're like not guilty next to each chart. So that's the first mm-hmm. The first kind of guiding point is either you're guilty or you're not guilty, decide up front. And you're going to make this decision based on the evidence that you know and also based on whether you did it or not. Yeah. I mean, if you know you sexually harass somebody, don't write not guilty. If you mm-hmm. did something wrong, put your own up to it. Or if, on the other hand, if the company, I've got an employee who was accused of uh, stealing something, and yet there's tons of evidence to show that she did not do it. And there's a personal motive in the company against her. So then she should write not guilty. You know, she should she has the evidence to back it up. So starting point is write guilty or not guilty. Second thing to work at is now look at what evidence the company has against you. In your mind, you need to think, mm-hmm. are they going to call witnesses? Are they going to call? Are they going to use documents? How are they going to lead their case against you? Start planning that. Mm-hmm. Start to think what can be used against you and start to plan how you're going to respond to it. Because the company starts. Okay. You see? Okay. So you need to have responses to their to their okay. witnesses or their documents before you even get to your time. Okay. So I'm giving you a streamlined yeah. process. Okay. So in terms yeah. of, um, okay, for, for example, it's theft. Will it? Um, will you actually get the, the notification for you to actually um, attend the, the disciplinary hearing or is there something like a written warning, a verbal warning before it gets to that stage? That's uh, another good question because a lot of people come with the idea that you must get a warning first mm-hmm. before you get dismissed. Yeah. And the law essentially on that is you can only get dismissed mm-hmm. for serious offenses, serious forms of misconduct. That's what the court of good practice says. Mm-hmm. Now, what are serious forms of misconduct? Dishonesty in any form. Mm-hmm. Even if you stole a box of chocolates, it's dishonest. Yeah. Any form of dishonesty justifies dismissal. Mm-hmm. Number two is serious forms of harassment, sexual harassment, and serious forms of incidences where the employment relationship is broken down. Mm-hmm. So, to answer your question, you don't have to get a warning if the offense is so serious that it justifies a dismissal on the first offense. Okay. So, for example, if you committed sexual harassment, you can't go and say, I want a warning. Mm-hmm. You have to be dismissed. From that. Yeah. But if you were late by six minutes, mm-hmm. it doesn't really justify dismissal. Maybe you were running late, maybe you woke up late. It happens all in the Yeah. So that would justify a, a warning. Mm-hmm. And that's where you find a lot of conflict between employers and employees. They say, I should have gotten a warning. I'm going to say you should be dismissed. That's why we have the CCMA and label court. Okay. Well, These are independent bodies that check was the dismissal right or wrong. Okay. With regards to the CCMA, are they actually for the employee or the employer? Another really good question. It's not for the employees or the employer. There's a huge mis- 
understanding out there that the system is there to protect employees. It's mm. not. And it's neither there to protect employers. Mm. The CCM is a body created by the Labor Relations Act and government in essence, where it is meant to be a neutral umpire to hear both sides mm. and make a ruling. So it's not there to protect any party. Okay. Very interesting. What type of questions are asked at this hearing? Um, just to get our viewers, you know, um, to prepare themselves if they're experiencing something like that. It depends on what offence that uh, they've been charged with. So okay. uh, questions for dishonesty will be very different to questions for sexual harassment or mm-hmm. any kind of thing. But um, the questions will depend often on on the evidence also, if it's documentary evidence or witnesses. Now, I would presume you're asking me about cross-examination questions or questions for your testimony. Yeah, well, in fact, just to get them, uh, some people actually haven't experienced this in their life. In, in, I mean, in the career I'm talking about, they never ever experienced something like this. So, especially for someone that actually just started um, working in the corporate world or well, actually working in general, and they get yeah. invited for a disciplinary hearing for maybe, yes, like coming in late six minutes, maybe even 10 minutes late, and maybe they didn't have um, airtime, so they could not call the Boston to let them know that I'm actually running a bit late. Maybe they got financial difficulties, even though they're working, but they, they actually have to support a family or whatever, you know? Um so just trying to give them ideas how to prepare themselves if they were, I mean, if they were invited for a disciplinary. Yes, in that particular situation, what you would do, Vaishnavi, uh, is you would focus on... Hey, beautiful people. I just wanted to take a pause and tell you a little bit about Mindful Trinity. Mindful Trinity is an independent yoga institution focusing on mental health, diet, and overall well-being for corporates and for women. But our content and our expertise is available for anyone and everyone that are willing to make a change. Mindful Trinity was founded in 2019 as anxiety, stress, depression, burnout, and suicide increased in society. Mindful Trinity saw a need to introduce a solution by bringing yoga and mindfulness to communities, schools and corporates. We provide inspiration and expertise to support you in establishing your unique balance in health and wellness. We promote longevity, energy and happiness in all facets of life and will support you in creating a healthy lifestyle that will encourage your fullest potential. The lack of the seriousness of the offence, but the kind of questions you would ask Mm. depend on, like I said, the offence. So using your example of daytime, generally you get a warning for that. I think based in practice, what I see often is Failure to comply with company policy and procedure, that's the most common form of dismissal that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you basically the type of questions you would ask are, where's the company policy and procedure? Mm-hmm. When did you give me training on this? 
is it a dismissible offense on the first time? Shouldn't you be giving me a warning by yourself? What are my rights in terms of labor law? You should ask the company all of this. Okay. Do I have access to a trade union representative who can assist me? Mm-hmm. These are the kind of questions you would ask. Okay. What is a reasonable time to prepare for a disciplinary hearing? The law seems for it out, but I think um, when I get employees calling me at first in the morning, and not that I take the calls, and I don't encourage anyone to call me at that hour, yeah. but I see missed calls and things like that. It's a very stressful time in a person's life. Mm. They're not thinking straight. Yes. They're very emotional. Forty-eight yeah. hours isn't enough time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I, that I'm just a, a labor practitioner, and uh, I, gen- I genuinely believe that employees should have a minimum of three days, not two days. Okay. Three days should be sufficient. Although mm-hmm. it all depends on the facts of the situation. So if you got one charge, mm-hmm. or one or two charges, and it's very straightforward stuff where you know you've committed it, then why should the company wait three days? Because just like how the employee needs to resolve the issue, so does the company. Remember, the company is not in the business of having disciplinary hearings. Mm-hmm. They're in the business of selling tiles or rendering services. Now you're taking away company resources to attend to this, and if they don't attend to this, the complainant who had a complaint against you would have a problem against the company. Okay. So we can't have five days and one week and two weeks. It impacts on the main business of the employer, which comes back to my original point. Mm-hmm. Labor law is to help the employer and the employee. Okay. It can't be too onerous on either party. Otherwise, they won't comply. Yeah, of course. So I'm going to give you two scenarios. One, what happens if the defendant refuses to attend the disciplinary hearing? And you can actually just uh, maybe guide me with that. And then the other is what happens if the company representative does not attend the hearing for whatever reason? Okay, so now we're talking about disciplinary hearings. Yep. I think maybe in the future we can do one on CCMA hearings, which I yep. think people need to know as well. That is what we need to do in order to prepare. So there's two stages, mm-hmm. the disciplinary hearing stage, which is what we're talking about. It's still internal. You still have a job. You haven't been fired okay. yet. And then if you have been fired, what do you need to do after? That's an old separate video altogether. It's a whole okay. separate issue. Okay. Um, now you said if the company doesn't show up to the disciplinary hearing, the charges are dropped because they're not there. Okay. If the employee doesn't show up to the discipline hearing, and often this happens, mm-hmm. they just bury their head in the sand thinking mm-hmm. it's going to go away. It doesn't. You'll get fired in your absence. Okay. You have the company, even if you go to the CCMA, the company will just say, we tried to have a hearing, we gave you notice, and then we pitched up. Mm-hmm. And the CCMA, like I said, is an umpire. Look at both sides and say, why didn't you come? No, I was sick. Did you give them a signal? No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, you can't just... It's unfair to the company. Yes. You know? So labor law is for both sides, and employees need to understand. You can't get away with not doing your part of it. Mm-hmm. True, very true. Very good question I've got for you. Well, I'm actually very curious as well. I'm, I'm sure whoever is going through this at the moment, they would also want to know and take your advice. Do you have any tips for um, anyone that's going through something stressful at the moment? to remain calm during the hearing or even before 
in the preparation stages and all of that? Yes, I do. And uh, many tips that I practically use myself during hearings at the CCMA, even at the Labor Court for the margarine before charges. The most important thing is the mindset. What do I mean by that? You must believe in your case before you go into the hearing. If you have any doubts about your own case, Mm -hmm. it's going to come across in your body language, in your tone of voice, Mm -hmm. in how you conduct yourself, your shoulders will be drooped over. You just wouldn't be open and expressive. So the first important tip is believe in your case. Number two is prepare. You must prepare. Mm -hmm. To get to the self-belief, you must be prepared. Mm -hmm. That means you must know what your opponent is going to be talking about what evidence they're going to be reading, what documents they're going to call, what are you going to do to rebut that. Mm -hmm. Your confidence comes from preparation. And you asked me what my motto is. Now that I think about it, it is my motto. And I wish I had that. Your confidence comes from your preparation. Mm -hmm. I always believe, spend more hours preparing. I think it was Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. I stand to be correct. He said, if he had 10 hours to cut down a tree, he'd spend about eight hours sharpening the axe. Wow. So that he'd only spend a very little time cutting down the tree. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, spend a lot of time preparing for your case. Going through case law. If you don't know where to find case law, go into Google and type in SAFLI, S-A-F-L-I-I. S-A-F-L-I-I. It gives you free case law. So... Um, these are things you can do. Read cases. Mm. You know, go to pro bono. I don't offer pro bono services because I also have a business to run. Okay. But if you need pro bono and you can't afford a lawyer at all, then go to pro bono. Most courts offer pro bono services. Mm-hmm. Um, take steps to help yourself. Don't just sit back and expect the universe to help you. It doesn't work. Exactly. You'll be really disappointed. Yeah, that's very true. It's like, it's like sowing a seed. What you put in, that's what you're gonna. That's the results you're gonna be seeing anyway. And oh, absolutely. You know what? But when we actually, when you were talking right now, I was actually thinking about your logo, um, about the lion actually roaring, and that's powerful. And I think, you know, anyone um, by seeing that, they would want to actually, you know, put their trust in you to actually help them, and. Because a lot of people are looking for people to trust in order to help. They don't know who to actually go to. And I know I'm actually deviating from what we were talking about, but I'm no, just... No, it's an interesting story about the lion. Um, yeah. the, my, uh, what do you call it? my office manager, mm-hmm. his name is Doug, um, he decided to go with that approach. And he, wow. he put the project together and he said, hey, Aslam, I think you should go ahead with this line. And I said, come on, Doug. It looks so unprofessional. It's not who I am. I don't want to line you in the background. <laughs> and he said, no, I'm not going to a team vote and all decided. So I was against me. Yeah. But um, it apparently is quite popular. But for me, the whole idea is, regardless of what logo and entrance you have, mm-hmm. you still have to deliver the goods and you still have to be prepared you can have the best, all the best companies in the world. Mm-hmm. They, they can have the best logos and everything, but they deliver. You know, yeah. it's not your logo that 
wins your cases. It's who you are in your preparation. In the same way, to apply this to viewers, mm. it doesn't matter how quickly or ugly you are. You can mm-hmm. be the most gorgeous person in the room yeah. or in society's words, the most unattractive person. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to the evidence cases. It doesn't come down to how you look or how the logo looks or whatever it is. Or even I how well-dressed I am. Yes, impressions are important. Go oh, there with your best. I'm not saying go on your beach shorts to the CCMA or to the hearing. Go on your best clothes and make you feel confident. Yes. That's the whole thing. Yep. And then go and put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, is, the, I mean, is the company allowed to dismiss or discipline someone if they are going through some sort of mental issues such as anxiety, depression, or even stress? You know, Vaishnavi, that is so current today. Mm. And uh, I think one day we need to do a session on that where we just cover mental health in the workplace, labor law. Okay. You know, we should do that. Okay. And because there's so much of case law on that point, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a recent judgment where a lawyer actually was working for legal aid. Yeah. And um, it's a reported judgment, so I can share it. And one of the paragraphs in that judgment where the judge said there is a duty on employers. This is off the top of my head. I remember Mm -hmm. reading that case uh, where the judge said there's a duty on employers to accommodate employees with uh, depression. Now, the fact that the judge said that, and maybe as a non-lawyer, you don't understand the importance of that, but Mm -hmm. How is South African law made? South African law is made either by Parliament when they pass a statute like the Labor Relations Act, or it's made by a judge in a court by giving a judgment. So, for example, the topic of recent interest is restraint of trade. I did it with five of recently, where um, restraint of trade is where you sign an employment contract, and in your contract it says you can't work for somebody else for a certain number of months or years or whatever it is. Yes. And uh, that used to be the strong provision in our law mm-hmm. until recently we went before a judge in the high court mm-hmm. and the judge in the high court, no, I'm sorry, now it's COVID times. People need to earn a living. You can't stop this man and make him sit at home because mm-hmm. of the restraint of trade. Sure. So he said it's special circumstances mm-hmm. which are for special situations. And whoever's interested, I can send them a copy of the judgment to contact Vaishnavi uh, and organize it for you. Okay. But that is an example where the law is developed mm-hmm. by a judgment. Now the law and restraint of trade is moved forward mm-hmm. by this judgment. So coming back to an original point, the judge in that case said it is a duty on employees to accommodate employees with depression. The law moved forward on mental health in the workplace. Do you see? Yeah. So does it uh, depend on the judge that you have at your case um, in in order to get the outcome of that case? Uh, Yes and no. Judges are appointed to positions after stringent checks and balances. And they often are people of the highest caliber. A judge to be appointed a judge, there's a very strict process, very strict interview, there's a complete background check, etc. So for a judge to be a judge, there is a strict process. Having said that, 
the individualism of Hojaj will come out in the Hojaj. So there are certain aspects that make a judge human. And mm -hmm. those are the aspects that they will bring out in their own judge. But generally, there's objectivity in the law. Generally, there is fairness in the law. And that's why we have the rule of law in South Africa. It is something that is really something to be uh, proud of. We have former presidents being sent for hearings and things like that mm -hmm. to be current about issues. So the rule of law is quite strong in our country. Okay. Okay. Awesome. You know what? I actually work with a lot of people with uh, mental challenges in, in a sense where they're stressed and depressed, especially during this whole COVID pandemic. A lot of people were actually living in their heads and all of us have faced it at some point in our lives because we were uh, we actually confined to our homes within these four walls. And the only people that we're actually associating it with is actually with people that are living in our homes, if we are lucky enough, because not everyone actually have that. Some people are living on their own. And that is why I also said I wanted to help people with mental challenges with, with regards to like stress um, in, yeah. in, in the corporate world. And that is why I'm actually helping them. And when you actually said we should do another uh, show about that, I think that'll be very, very nice because people need yeah, it. It's a, yeah, it's a highly relevant uh, topic. And maybe in that we can do working from home. Mental, yes. mental health. Mm. at the workplace, labor law, mm. and how to manage working from home labor law. Okay. Combine it with that will be a highly, highly current topic to look at. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people would be interested to know that. That's so true. So to our viewers, just stay tuned. You are going to be getting more yeah. from Aslam and I. And <laughs> send us questions. Send us what you want to know. Maybe that's what we think, you know, but tell yeah. us what you mm. want to talk about. I mean, we have exactly. a platform here. Send us some questions. Exactly. And I do agree. I think with without the questions from our audience, it'll be difficult for us to serve them in the best of our capacity. So, yeah. Sure. Does, um, okay, before we actually go further, I want to just ask you, how many warnings does one get before the actual disciplinary? It all depends on the offense. Um, if you, minor offenses should be one, two warnings. Like, for instance, Absenteeism, mm. depending on how serious it is, how serious that positions that person's position is in the organization. For example, the CEO, mm -hmm. if he's absent for three weeks, mm. it's serious to the organization, you know, versus somebody who's like in a telecall center and there are 12 people in the team and someone's away for two weeks. It's impact on the business, but I mean, it's not like major where the business is collapsing. Sure. But it all depends on this. The labor law is a very situational dependent. Mm -hmm. I can't, we can't say this must be our final warning. It all depends on the situation back to the company, things like that. Okay, makes sense. And does a disciplinary go on on your reference? No, not on your reference. Okay. But if you dismiss, it goes, uh, if you are dismissed, it goes on your record at the Department of Labor, dismissal. And you have to challenge it. Otherwise, it will be on your record forever. Wow. Okay. So what advice? Sorry, go ahead. Not a lot of people know that it's on your record. You must challenge it. Okay. Okay. That's that's actually... No, no, go ahead. Both of us are getting excited at the same time. <laughs> yes. You challenge it by going to the CCMA. That's okay. how you challenge it. Okay. 
Yeah, well, the CCMA. Sorry, it's a free process to go to CCMA. You don't pay to have a key. But with, with regards to CCMA, doesn't the process actually take quite long, sometimes a year, even more? No, they've streamlined it quite a bit now. It's, okay. Well, due to, due to COVID, there's a lot of cases, right? So okay. don't expect immediate timeframes. Mm-hmm. But it all depends on the CCMA you act. For instance, if you're in a major town like Joburg, Durban, where there's lots of cases, then if you're outlying areas, mm-hmm. key, etc., depends on the volume. But generally, between 8 to 12 weeks is the expected time. So about three months. Okay, okay, awesome. What advice would you would you give those that are going through either disciplinary uh, or challenges at work that are making their lives very uncomfortable? Well, the most important advice, I think, uh, is something that most people should take heed of in any event is to always get things in writing. Always, always get things in writing. Make sure you have a written document. Now, if the company won't give it to you or you had a verbal discussion, send an email, send a WhatsApp. Hi, John. I referred to our chat earlier. Where did we said A, B, and Z? Thank you. Send a short record of that discussion because oftentimes at a later stage, that discussion was very important. When you got permission. So, for instance, I had a case recently, last week, in fact, where an employee was accused of using a company vehicle for her own purpose. I won't mention names, actually. It's client, attorney client confidentiality. Mm-hmm. And the case is pending. But, um, and I said to her, where's our evidence? And she said it was a verbal discussion that her line manager came. Mm-hmm. He's going to change the story because he has a job to keep. Of course, you know? yes. You should have said same time sent an email or WhatsApp. Hi, Mr. X, Y, and Z. Mm. Thank you for letting me keep the company car and I have to turn my words. Cheers. And if he doesn't reply, too bad he's got it. The fact that he doesn't reply means he's acknowledged. It's even yes. better. Yeah, so the yeah. most important thing, and my final tip is get things in writing, never leave it to chance. Absolutely perfect. I mean, awesome advice. And I think all of us need to actually get into that habit of putting everything in writing to protect yourselves as well, you know? It is. And it doesn't take a lot of time. It's just a second of just sending a WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah, true. If you don't want to send an email, send a WhatsApp. Everyone on WhatsApp today. And you screenshot that to use as evidence if you have to at a later stage. Yes, yes, very true. So, Asalam. How can our audience find you on social media or even actually in the real world? Well, the quickest way to find me is on Facebook or YouTube. And I have access to the Facebook account directly. So if you just type in A-S-L-A-M-M-O-L-L-A, that's my full name, and you'll see my picture come up. Send me a message. I'll probably reply. So that's one way to reach me. The other way is just check on YouTube if you want to, don't want to talk to me. In fact, a lot of people don't talk to me. Um, and the other day, I bumped into a CCMA. I went to CCMA. I met a guy there and said, you know, I started a video and I clipped and I'm here. So yes. if you don't want to talk to me, mm. then just go into YouTube and, and type in Asamullah Lawyer. You'll see a whole bunch of videos there that you can use to help yourself. And you never have to speak to me or even pay me for that. 
Okay. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure and actually an honor to speak with you today. Um, it was so, no, no yeah, it was actually so enlightening for me. And I'm sure my audience, once they actually listen to this, they'll be very grateful, like I am. So thank you once again and enjoy the rest of your birthday and all the best. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vaishnavi. And uh, it's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure to be here. Okay. Thanks again. Bye bye. So bye yes, to our audience. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. To Mindful Trinity viewers, and uh, hopefully you found this very, very informative. Uh, I actually enjoyed speaking to Asra Mullah um, on the subject, on this topic was something that all of us actually need. So if you have any questions for Asra, you can actually either send it to me or you can actually get in contact with him. You know his, his details. And I will I will actually put it onto uh, the comments feed. Thank you once again. Bye bye. Have an awesome day.